Blog Talk Radio. You have just tuned in to the Midweek Pick Me Up Energy Show, featuring professional officiant, tuning fork facilitator, and author, Marcy Ann Chi. In 1988, Marcy Ann discovered the quantum fields of energy and vibration, and since then her life has been a day-to-day experiment in knowing how to live in light energy for happiness, health, and wealth. She shares the principles and laws of light energy as they operate in everyday life. And now, here is Marcy Ann. Hi, everybody. Today I'm going to talk about sex. Whoopie-doo! <laughs> and I'm going to be a little graphic and detailed today, so uh, I suggest that you listen uh, like you were at the doctor's office, and he's telling you information that's for your highest and best good and will contribute to your health and well-being, Okay. So first of all, let me state that the power of sex is part of the current matrix that is being used by the powers of money to dominate and control us. Now, this matrix is a carefully designed pattern that projects out into the thought waves by the mass media, ideas with pictures that are addictive. And the purpose of the matrix is to keep us in a state of delusion and deception in order to manipulate us to do what the powers of money want us to do, which is to, you know, spend money. (laughs) Money apparently is what makes the world go round. That's what they say. I mean, I always thought that it was love, but apparently it's money. (laughs) So sex is a very powerful tool of manipulation and control. It always has been and it always will be. I mean, just ask any woman who gets disgusted in her relationship with her husband or her boyfriend, and pretty much the first thing she's going to do is to withhold sex from him. But there is a matriarchal primate system. It's the bonobos, monkeys. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but it's B-O-N-O-B-O-S, the bonobos, monkeys. And sex is used as a form of control by the female Bonobos, in coalition with all the other females, they withhold sex from non-cooperative males. And it's very interesting to me that this is a society that is the most peaceful society on the planet. So this is a strong enough idea, really, that it warrants a whole show devoted to it. But however, just suffice to say, the power of sex at the cause and core of all violence. Okay, let's look at this powerful tool and see where it all began. (laughs) I was listening to a program on Catholic Radio recently, and they were discussing the Catholic dogma regarding birth control, because this is a really big issue for the Catholic Church right now in the face of national health care systems. Uh, allowing birth control to be included in their programs and health care being mandatory. And so this affects all of the Catholic organizations who hire people and pay them salaries, and especially their hospitals, because fines are exorbitant for noncompliance. So this is a real crisis for the Catholic Church. Well, 
On this program, the priest was explaining that the Catholic Church says that sex is for reproduction. And the fact that it is pleasurable is only so that the species will be induced to have sex. So the species will continue to exist. And, of course, coincidentally, the Catholic Church will continue to exist. But the priest was explaining that the intent to have sex for a Catholic is to have babies. But this carefully crafted dogma quickly breaks down, as demonstrated by a woman caller who said she was Catholic, a practicing Catholic, and she asked the priest, Father, my husband and I carefully calculate the times of month when I'm not able to get pregnant, and we plan our sexual times together at that time with the intent that I will not get pregnant. Am I sinning? I'll tell you, this priest beat all the way around the bush and back. He hemmed and hawed until it was just really embarrassing. And he never did answer her question because it was so painfully evident (laughs) that modern-day science and the religion of the Catholic Church have not yet met. Well, let's go back farther because the first human is purportedly to be an androgynous creation that contained both the male and the female. You know, there actually are some of these who still incarnate today. I mean, I know one such being. In today's terms, they're called bisexual, you know, can go either way sexually. But the person I know was born with outward male genitalia in a very conservative Christian family. So he was guided upon the path of a heterosexual relationship with a woman whom he married and had a child with. But the marriage wasn't happy and was in constant chaos, so they got divorced. And then the church prayed, and they got back together, and they remarried, and then they got divorced again, and finally he was asked to leave the church. (laughs) Well, he decided to choose a male partner for sex, and actually uh, the two of them have been together now for 27 years, and they work together in a holistic healing practice. They're not married legally, although they have an agreement to practice monogamy sexually for health and safety reasons. Now, his partner is not androgynous, so it's easier for him to be monogamous. But my friend confesses that in his travels, he is in contact with and sexually attracted to women from time to time. Because he says that the male-to-male sex for him lacks the nourishment and the love he feels when he has sex with a woman. His partner is kind of a computer geek, and he handles all the technical side of the business while, you know, my friend is the practitioner, the one that's outgoing and in touch with the clients. And since his partner is usually the one who initiates the sex, being a much younger person than my friend, sex is kind of robotic, you know, wham, damn, thank you, man. It's kind of selfish and mostly just for the pleasurable release. Well, the original androgynous being was lonely just being with itself. So as the Bible puts it, God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. Well, this word here for man means uh, the human race, and it included male and female. In other words, it was the man in the sense of the visible creation. So God thought that it wasn't good that 
he appeared to be alone. So the female part was released to take form. And God called the female form woman because she had come out of man. But she didn't come out of man. She was already created. The female part was just made separate from the male. And then if you go even farther back, all things have come out of the woman. It's the original movement towards anything visible came from the deep. The way the Bible puts it in nearly every other esoteric literature, everything was null and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The word for deep here in the Hebrew is T-E-K-H-O-M-E. And this is a feminine word in the Hebrew. And it's translated primarily root, the depths of which can never be fully revealed or understood. (laughs) You just ask any man. This is definitely a definition of woman. (laughs) The depths of which that can never be fully revealed or understood. (laughs) So the Spirit of God moved upon the deep and set up vibrations that brought forth the visible creation. The divine masculine moved upon the divine feminine and brought forth their child into the visible realm for all to see. It's always been the feminine that brings forth the visible form. The feminine is the womb and the whole creation, universes and galaxies and solar systems of all the earths have come from the woman's womb of the deep. Well, earth start with elements, the minerals, then the plants, and then the animals. And finally, the highest form of the creation, which is said to be in the exact image and likeness of the original divine masculine and divine feminine of the Elohim, who were doing the work of the Spirit of God, And so they brought forth androgynous man, who was then separated into male and female. You know, I've always kind of wondered how this androgynous man would have reproduced. (laughs) Because I watched the movie Junior recently with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. It's a funny, funny movie. Arnold gets pregnant through some sort of experimentation that's engineered by Danny DeVito. Well... I think an androgynous being would have a womb and ovaries and testicles and a penis. I mean, I worked for a a pediatrician for the last two years I was in high school, and I saw pictures in his medical books of these people who were born with all of the organs of the male and female. And in the olden days, the penis was just cut off, and the person was designated a girl. However, today, there's a lot more exploration about um, what sex a person really is. I mean, I've been marrying so-called same-sex couples for a long time, but for me, it never has been the same sex. There's always been a definite feminine person and a definite masculine person being married. And one of the couples I married, the woman in outward appearance was the man, and the man in outward 
appearance was the woman. Now, perhaps an androgynous being would just think a thought and speak the word and create another androgynous being who was fully formed and able to go and do, not having to, you know, go through the baby stages and the learning processes that we have to go through now. We would just appear and be ready to go. And there are other planes of existence where the beings are androgynous. So uh, we'll have to wait until we're able to actually have legitimate conversations with them to try to find out some more. Well, here on Earth, the feminine part of the androgynous being was separated out. And this is when physical sex started. And the sperm finds an egg, and these two cells come together and grow into a fully formed human in the womb of the mother. You know, it's so... uh, And it was pleasurable. So the male and the female wanted to have sex. And I think they had sex because it was pleasurable to start with. And then the babies started to come. And this is kind of where the Catholic Church gets the progression wrong. Because it had already been established in the animal kingdoms that animals have sex for pleasure. It's always been known that the lions have sex for pleasure. Uh, It's it's Presumably why we call them the king of the jungle. (laughs) But now it's known that many species have sex for pleasure. Dolphins have a very liberal attitude towards sex. They exchange partners at will and often engage in orgies. And, of course, I've already spoke about the bonobo apes, which is the closest living relative to humans and is the most peaceful species on Earth. They're constantly having sex with each other, and for any number of reasons. They use sex to greet each other as a way to prevent and alleviate social conflict. They have sex for reconciling. Yep, bonobos have make-up sex. (laughs) And for the pure enjoyment of it. And they've been observed engaging in French tongue kissing, in face-to-face sexual intercourse, and even oral sex. And homosexuality is widely practiced by both genders. They also refrain from forming monogamous relationships, and they do not discriminate based on age. And as I said earlier, this is a matriarchal system, and sex is used as a form of control. Female bonobos in a coalition with all the other females, will withhold sex from non-cooperative males. Now, most species in the animal kingdom who are monogamous do have sex for pleasure, and these include lions, pigs, swans, bats, eagles, angelfish, wolves, penguins, termites, and cockroaches, just to name a few. Okay, so first of all, sex is pleasurable. And secondly, sex makes babies. You know, I think if the primary purpose of sex is to have babies, then when you have the baby, you would have the pleasurable sensation. (laughs) And this certainly isn't true. I've had three kids. (laughs) Now comes the definition of sex that culture puts on it. And what has happened in this country is that the money people needed a better way to control the masses and get them to do what they wanted them to do. And to gain this control, they got the mother out of the home. 
because if they could get the mother's attentions, uh, the the woman diverted in her attentions away from the sacred role of wife and mother, the woman would lose her power to manipulate and control the earth, and the money people could take her power. Well, the money people have always used war as a money machine, and they took notice that during World War II, the women left the home for the first time to work in the marketplace to make the materials to run the war. And they were introduced to the idea of earning money, and they seemed to like it, because up until then, most women had had to ask their husbands for money. And then the money people introduced the idea that women should get equal pay for equal work and got the women all riled up about their rights. And now most women work, and the home has been abandoned. And I'm not going to go into all the repercussions of this and how it has affected our children, because what we're talking about in this program is sex. So how has this affected our cultural view of sex at this time? Well, men biologically have to have sex. It's as much of a physical thing as it is emotional, mental, or spiritual. Because in their reproductive system, the semen is continually being made. And while the physical body of the man can absorb some of it back into himself and then make some more, there's a pressure that builds up. And that pressure acts on the man's entire physiology, his nervous system, his heart, his endocrine system, his brain, I mean pretty much the whole thing. So the man physically needs to expel some of the semen. And also a man comes from a woman. He starts his life in her womb. He's nourished and fed and taken care of in the womb. And from the moment he comes out of the womb, he's put to the woman's breast and held in her arms and nourished and taken care of. I just love to watch little boys with their mother. She's holding in his hand, and he's following along with her, trusting her to make sure he's safe and sound. And he's asking her questions, and she's providing him her wisdoms. And this relationship is crucial to a man's development, to be a man. Men need this connection, which is very personal for him and provides him a sense of self. But more importantly... She is his source of love. But now men have the women in the trenches with them. Men now have women as their bosses, which is actually an insult to him. My son says that the chief counsel and the assistant chief counsel at his company are both women. And he says, it's just like having two mothers who treat me like I'm a little boy, not a man. He says they're constantly telling him what he can't do, and he says he can't get anything done. And I asked him if there ever was a time when the chief counsel was a man, and he said, yes, and we could get things done then. I mean, men work together with men. You put a woman in the mix, and now you have confusion. Men now have the women in the boardroom on the police force with their billy stick, billy club, and their 38 caliber pistol ready to go. So men have reacted to having the women now being the hunter-gatherer in competition with them by thinking that the only place left for a man to be a man is sexually. 
So man looks at woman now as just a sex object. And now women not only have to compete with the man in the marketplace, now she's competing with every other woman to be the one the man wants to have sex with. So women began exaggerating their bodies with breast enhancements and every other kind of enhancement with cosmetics and and clothing. I mean, women are practically running around naked today. And everything from a new car to a hamburger is being advertised, using practically naked women in some way, emulating the sex act, licking their lips and sucking their finger and gyrating and swinging their butts. And sex crimes are the news every night. Priests are molesting little children. There are sex offenders in every neighborhood. You know, men are already thinking about sex most of the time anyway. They don't need all this external stimulation. It just creates too much pressure. So in this country, we have a culture that is sexually active in unwholesome ways with the emphasis on the pleasure of the sex act. And certainly we don't like the consequences of an overactive sexual society, illegitimate children, sexual diseases, HIV and AIDS, rapes, and murders. Now, the name of my show today is Sex is Necessary. (laughs) So how do we get into a balance where a culture can be wholesomely sexually active and reap the benefits of sex? Because the act of sexual intercourse is so divinely constructed. Let's look at intercourse from the minds of our creators, the Elohim, because they set up a system that is actually perfect for our health and well-being. Now, I'm going to make a bold statement because I believe that all autoimmune diseases, anxiety, depression, constipation, irritable bowel syndrome, prostate cancer, and incontinence are specific symptoms of not having regular satisfying sex. And in addition, sexual promiscuity and sexual deviations and perversions can lead to persons developing heart trouble, diabetes, and cancer. So I guess you could say that not having regular satisfying sex is the root cause of most, if not all, disease. Well, doesn't having regular satisfying sex sound a lot better than drugs and alcohol and surgery? Well, as I began to research the benefits of sex for my for this radio show, you know, my gosh, I found pages and pages and pages and pages of information on the internet on the internet. This is not a hidden fact. It's well documented scientifically endorphins that are released leading up to, during, and long after sexual intercourse and the sexual orgasm. Endorphins are various chemicals produced by the central nervous system and the pituitary gland. Endorphins mean substance originating from within the body. They can produce a feeling of euphoria very similar to that produced by opiates. There are a hundred different peptides known to be released by neurons in the mammalian brain. 
These neurons use many different chemical signals to communicate information, including neurotransmitters. The human genome contains about 90 genes, and these genes know how to read the codes of these neurotransmitters. And some of these chemicals produced by orgasm that are carried around inside of our body by neurotransmitters are serotonin, oxytocin, and dopamine. Now, serotonin is, po serotonin is po popularly thought to be a contributor to the feelings of well-being and happiness. Serotonin regulates your mood, appetite, and sleep, as well as the aging process, your learning ability, and your locomotory abilities, and your memory. Oxytocin evokes feelings of contentment. It reduces anxiety and promotes feelings of calmness and security. Uh, oxytocin can uh, control fear, and research also demonstrates that oxytocin decreases anxiety and protects against stress. Now, dopamine helps to keep your blood vessels cleaned out. Dopamine produces neurons that are critical to the accurate functioning of the brain, particularly your memory. Dopamine is an effective pain reliever. It relieves depression and anxiety. Dopamine works in the kidneys to increase urine output and sodium excretion. Dopamine helps the pancreas to regulate your insulin. No diabetes. In the digestive system, it protects intestinal mucosa. So, And in the immune system, it regulates, I don't know how to say this word, lymphocytes, L-U-M-P-H-O-C-Y-T-E-S. And in some cancers, listen to this, lymphocytes, can migrate into and attack the cancer tumor. This has sometimes led to regression and elimination of the cancer. Dopamine is listed as essential to maintaining a human's basic health by the World Health Organization. Okay, now according to Natasha Turner, MD, People who have sex frequently, which is considered one to two times a week, have significantly higher levels of immunoglobulin A. This immunoglobulin A is part of your immune system. Its job is to fight off inviting organisms at their entry points, right at the source of the invader. This gets to the problem before it ever even is a problem. Sexual activity is linked to better stress response and lower blood pressure. Sex helps to boost your heart rate. It burns calories and strengthens muscles. Sex helps you to maintain your flexibility. Uh, you know, when the woman is on top, there is tremendous exercise of the hips and the knees that keep these joints well-oiled and flexible. So goodbye to hip and knee replacements. 
Sexual activity releases pain-reducing hormones and has been uh, found to relieve arthritis. Sexual orgasm creates tingling sensations in the feet and toes, and overcoming gravity helps to send the blood back to the heart. Uh, You know, no more collection of fluids in the ankles and feet from your weak veins because those veins are going to stay strong from your sexual activity. And one study even found that sexual activity can lead to partial or complete relief of headache, including migraines. <laughs> so that old excuse of, well, oh, maybe later, honey, I have a headache, could be their real reason just to have sex. Research has shown that men who ejaculate over 12 times a month, either during sex or masturbation, dramatically reduce the risk of prostate cancer because keeping the male reproductive system active keeps it healthy. Sex improves sleep because there's a relaxation-inducing hormone prolactin that's released. And the love hormone, oxytocin is also called the love hormone, because if you have sex uh, with a mate that you're in love with, um, the love hormone is released during orgasm. Um, research shows that those who have sexual intercourse regularly respond better to all of the stressful situations in their life in a much more calm and confident manner because they are in a constant state of comfort and contentment from having satisfying sex regularly. Intercourse helps to strengthen the pelvic floor muscles in a woman, which contract during orgasm. And this can help women to improve their bladder control and avoid incontinence. You can boost this benefit even more by practicing your Kegel exercises during sex which a Kegel is you draw your lower pelvic muscles up and hold them up high and tight uh, while you're having sex. But an interesting thing, a, a brochure I got at the doctor's office recently on incontinence said to put a hard object in the vagina and practice Kegel exercises. Okay, for women, sex and orgasm result in increased levels of the hormone oxytocin, which is the um, love hormone. So that helps you feel bonded to your partner. And so this is what oxytocin does. It provides anti-aging, immune-boosting, stress-reducing, mood-enhancing, and hormone-balancing actions in our physical body. And these changes have been detected in the woman's blood hours after exposure to semen. Evidence of the semen can be found in the mucous membranes of the digestive and respiratory tracts of a woman after intercourse. You know, semen is pure protein, and it breaks down into food for the woman's body that will then make her muscles and bones and blood and organs actually everything in the woman's body. And this is why the Bible says the two shall be one flesh, because the semen in the body of the woman makes her one with that man. The two become one. And the power of two is unbelievably awesome. 
And this power has also been lost in our culture of of the sexual unwholesomeness that we have today. Sex is so good for your heart. Um, It can almost be considered aerobic exercise because it can burn up 200 calories per session. And uh, women who engage in regular sexual activity have higher levels of estrogen, which protects them against heart disease. And research has found that men who have sex two times per week have fewer heart attacks than those who do not because the hormones released during sex cause an increase in the blood pressure and heart rate, and it engages every muscle in the body. And then afterwards, the blood vessels dilate and the blood pressure is reduced. And also, this aerobic exercise that sex provides acts as a stimulation to all of the organs in the solar plexus, your upper and your lower colon, the appendix, the gallbladder, liver and stomach. And all of these organs are massaged and manifest increased blood flow, and many times clearing out, re-energizing, and restoring those organs. Sex turns back the clock. Um, a high ejaculation frequency is um, reported as increasing your lifespan because every time you reach orgasm, the hormone DHEA increases, and that boosts your immune system, improves cognition, keeps the skin healthy and even works as an antidepressant. And women can get that glow. The glow of good sex is real, you know. And women who have more sex have higher levels of estrogen. And this makes healthier, smoother skin. The increase in estrogen protects us from heart disease, osteoporosis, and Alzheimer's. And It promotes the production of collagen, which keeps the skin supple and gives you a healthy glow. Okay. So I can hear you say, okay, all this sounds really good, but my husband and I don't have sex anymore. Or, you know what? I'm single. Okay, let's look at these. The first one, my husband and I don't have sex anymore. You know, I've heard this so many times. I live in a senior community, and I dare say that most of these couples who have been together for years and years and years don't have sex anymore. What a shame. What happened? In many cases, you know, there are unresolved guilts and fears, woundings, indiscretions, hormonal imbalances, stresses even lack of heart-to-heart love in the first place with these couples because many of them got married because that was what you did in those days. And a lot of times a good match was more important than being in love. Or the initial attraction, which was based upon appearances, has now been buried under 50 to 100 pounds of unnecessary weight. I sure remember when Viagra began to be popular here in our community. The women were all crying on each other's shoulders. He's after me all the time. Most of them could care less about having sex. They had been relieved that their husband couldn't get it up anymore. Okay, in the single community today, it seems that sex is the primary reason to be together. 
and then when people get married, they end up not having sex anymore? I just don't understand this. If you are married and you and your husband don't have sex, I suggest you take advantage of the many, many programs available today to help you resolve the guilt, the fears, the woundings, and the stresses that have caused you to close your heart. And Heart Math is the best program I know to begin to open back up that door of your heart again to being able to love and to be loved. I also have a meditation on my website um, called Loving and Being Loved that you can listen to over and over to activate your love machine again. Now, if you are single, I mean, most single people today have sex, but it's not in a regular or soul-connected relationship. And this type of sex, while usually results in orgasm, is blocked by guilt or unfulfilled personal desires from getting those full benefits of having uh, satisfying sex. Many times having sex for the one younger single woman is a hope. I mean, she hopes the guy will like her and maybe want to get married. You know, currently my grandson is the lead investigator and writer for a paper being submitted to a national research magazine about the major reasons single women cannot say no, can cannot say no to sex today. I mean, I was absolutely shocked. And his girlfriend was with him and she nodded her head, "Yes." So I asked her, "Do single women have to have sex today?" And she said, "Yes." And she said the reason why is that if you say no, the guy will move on to the next girl who's going to say yes. And she said that young single women can't risk it getting out there on the good old boy network that they might say no. So to have any chance at all of even dating or having any kind of an interaction with the male sex, the female has to have sex today. The only valid reason to say no is that the woman is having her period because most men will not mess with that. Otherwise, it's not if, it's when. It's the whole reason for the male, female to be together and see each other. And since the younger women all know this, the thought of having sex is already simmering on their front burner. And you know what? I can remember when I was in a relationship in the past that I had hopes were going to result in our being able to share our lives together forever. And I would program myself to be prepared to get the sex out of the way first so that we could then be together and let me feel the connectedness and the feelings of loving and being loved that I wanted. But it never, ever felt totally satisfying. In some of our cultures in this country, also sex is the only way the female feels like she is loved because men are programmed biologically to desire the woman in order to have sex, and that's how they show their love. Even men in happy marriages show their love by having sex with their lady. And all that romantic stuff, you know, that women want to get themselves ready to have sex is pretty boring for the man. He'll do it, but he's looking for that big bang. And he needs to be in the woman's arms as much as the woman wants his arms around her. When my book, Seventeen Things to Do While Waiting for Mr. Wright, came out in 2008, and I was on my book tour, I was speaking in libraries around the county and the state, mostly older women came to hear me speak, women who were already in their 30s and 40s and 50s, 
who had either never been married or were married young and now are single again, most of them having gotten their children raised and they're hopeful to try to find Mr. Right now. Well, I would look out over the audience, I would see their faces, mostly hostile, defensive, hurtful, wounded. Because in my book, I call for women as a group, all women, like the bonobos monkeys, to quit having sex at all, unless there is a big ring on their left hand and a date's been set for the wedding and all of the non-refundable deposits have been made. Well, some women just got up and walked out. Walked out, right? Walked out on me. Others stayed, but their faces showed that they were disgusted with themselves for wasting their time. They looked at me like I was an ancient, crazy person who wasn't in touch with today. But I feel like I am more in touch with today than all of these women, because our power as a woman does rest in our vagina, and we have always had the power to say no until the male does what we want them to do. And as the bonobos bonobos, females already know, a non-productive careless and carefree male can quickly be brought into subordination by withholding sex from him. But as with the bonobos, it has to be a collective effort. All of the females have to agree together to withhold the sex. In my day, most women did not have sex before marriage, so the men got married because the men will do whatever they have to do to get the sex. But today, women are in such competition with each other for the males. They could never agree together to not have sex for disciplinary purposes. But please believe me, until women as a group redefine the boundaries for sex, we will continue to have the conditions that we have today in our society with rapes and murders and sex offenders in every neighborhood, pedophiles, and constant sexual harassment rather than sexual benefits at every level of life. So if you aren't having sex in your marriage or you are single and you're going to redefine your sexual boundaries, how can you get the sexual benefits? Well, you know what? I was amazed at how much about self-pleasuring, masturbation, was discussed on these sites on the Internet that discuss the benefits of sex and how necessary sex is to our health and well-being. But here in America, we have our Christian roots that teach that masturbation is a sin, and all Catholic countries in the world teach that masturbation is a sin. So masturbation is still in the closet, so to speak. (laughs) Perhaps it will be the next big social awakening after we get through all of the LGBT abortion and racism issues. I say masturbate your way to health and wellness, longevity and happiness. Masturbate yourself into bliss. But to do this, you will need to release release yourself from your fears and guilt about masturbating first. You don't want to masturbate with this guilt because you'll be blocking the spiritual and mental and emotional and physical benefits for having sex for pleasure. I worked at the AAA rated uh, motel for seven years at the front desk before I started my wedding business. It was one of the most interesting jobs I've ever had. And the cleaning staff always brought up to the front desk anything that was left in the room, 
you know, which was mostly phone chargers and bathrobes and pajamas. However, one day they brought to us the biggest artificial penis I have ever seen. It had testicles attached to it, and it got warm and vibrated, too. (laughs) And they said there was a candle and an empty bottle of champagne in the wastebasket. And I thought to myself, boy, this girl knew a thing or two. She had created as romantic of a situation as she could, and she was giving herself a giant dose of serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. And she was going to certainly be very healthy and live a long time. So, ladies and gentlemen, sex is necessary. It's necessary for our health and happiness. So let's see if we can think of some ways to create sexual experiences that are for our pleasure and our well-being. And I want to wrap up this show today by qualifying my statement that sex is necessary for our happiness and well-being because I have consistently said satisfying sex. And having satisfying sex would have to take into consideration the partner you're having your sex with, your relationship with this partner. Is there a heart-to-heart connection with this person? that is dependable and continual and meaningful for you? Does having sex with this person give you the sense of safety for your soul? Do you feel loved and cared for beyond the boundaries of the sexual moment? Because to get the sexual benefits, you really are better off having sex with yourself without guilt and providing yourself comfort and love than having sex in a casual, unconnected momentary relationship. To try to find love by having sex in a casual momentary connection is only going to amplify your own sense of unworthiness and isolation. And we have to always remember sex makes babies. And we have a sacred duty to make sure that if we are having sex, we're not making babies unless your original intention of having sex is to make a baby because two people who love each other have decided they want to have a baby and they have made all of the necessary arrangements to provide for this child with everything that it needs to have human light on this planet and that would include a full-time mother and a full-time father who are together in the home that they have prepared for the child. But that's another show. This is Marcianne saying aloha for today until next week at this same time. And I just want to thank, give out a great big thank you to all of my 45,000 listeners because I just appreciate you so much. And my it's my whole reason for doing this show is to reflect and thoughtfully ponder these things in our heart. That's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. You can contact Marcy Ann on her website, www.marcyann.com. You can also view all of Marcy Ann's videos on YouTube by putting Marcy Ann in the YouTube search window. You can download her book for free at www.marcyann.com. 
MrWrightForMe.com. And if you want to go into business for yourself, take a look at Marcy Ann's Weddings and Celebrations Business Startup Course at www.WeddingOfficiantSchool.com. The Middle of the Week Pick Me Up Energy Show is broadcast live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Coast Time from Marcy Ann's Studios in Southern California. All shows are also archived and can be listened to at any time in any place in the world.